Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Ian. And you guys already know what time it is, or I guess what time it is in regards to it. We're doing MMA Podcast 11. Yeah, apparently I miscounted. Last week's was 10. This week's is 11. So, let's get into it. I figure I gotta cover a, I gotta cover two actual MMA cards that you have this weekend. One from Bellator, and then one from UFC's Lewis versus Olenek. So, uh, I don't know. I'm gonna, so just like usual, I'm gonna do my top five fights. But I'm actually gonna choose the best fights between both cards. Because definitely, I, at least personally to me, I definitely would suggest checking them out. So, let's start with Bellator, just because I know that's going to be the one that I think, unfortunately, fell under the radar. I'm not really going to predict who should fight who. So, I will definitely leave it at that. I'm going to kind of cut that out a little bit. So... Let's start up with it. And let me bring it up while I bring up the UFC 243 results. Oh, I forgot Ryzen actually had a uh, fight card. Well, I'm not really going to worry too much about Ryzen. Really not that many people are checking out Ryzen. And crazy as that is, just being honest. Like, they're, they're a... Uh, Best way to put it, is there a Japanese MMA pro- promotion? They kind of more or less, in a lot of ways, are similar to Pride. They have like a they're more along the lines of like Pride type rules. You can do soccer kicks, stuff like that. Comparison to like UFC, Bellator, PFL, stuff like that. They're they're a little more on the side of, hey, let me do, you know, let us do more rules than anything else. So, like for. Everybody else, they prefer extra rules, while with Risen or Ryzen, they're really not for rules as much. Now, it's not that they're not a good organization, it's just they, unfortunately, are not the best one if you're trying to... Like, they're not going to be like the highest priority one, the best way to put it that way. Alright, just to kind of get all caught up on that all right so actually there was a good amount of car like good amount of fights from the bellator card that definitely i feel like a lot of people will appreciate so the biggest uh one of the bigger stars that i've been gonna throw out there at least for female fighters is valerie lareda she is uh i think she's what 20 20 or 21 now, I can't remember. But she definitely is... Yeah, she's definitely an upcoming talent. she got a karate background. And if you look up her stuff, you will see where she does, you know, push her. And I want people to kind of take this in the best way possible. She's very much, like, puts her beauty out there and puts, like, control of, like, her body and, like, how her image and just... She controls her sexuality in a lot of ways with how she carries herself. So, for people who look her up, I just I preface that early because there are gonna be guys who are like, "Oh man, dude, she's she's super sexy, all this stuff," and she acknowledges it. 
But at the end of the day, she's still a fighter first, and she is highly dangerous. So, just telling people, respect her game, man. If you see her fight, you know, she she's good. She's still up-and-coming talent, especially for Bellator. And just like how they've done with AJ McKee and Aaron Pico, they've been, you know, they've been building it up. And I think that overall, she's somebody I would definitely say I would keep my eyes on. Especially if you've never heard her, if you never watched Bellator, definitely check them out. There was controversy with uh, the Chris uh, Lancini versus AJ Agrizam with headbutts and all that stuff that I think that came from, I think if I recall, AJ Agrizam. I think he was the one that might have done the headbutt. But there he also called controversial, you know, decision. At this point, it's one of those ones I throw out there just because I talked about last week with, you know, low blows and all that stuff and certain knees to the head. I did forget headbutts, but unfortunately they're a bigger one that does happen. Now, I bring that one because it's not the only headbutt that happened that night. So I do re- reference that. I will say you don't really need to check out the fight. I would say... Via Laredo, check out her fight. Uh, Adam Borix versus Mike Hamill. I mean, Borix is a good fighter. I always appreciate him. Uh, You had Sabah Hamasi versus Curtis Millinder. Not a bad fight. Miles Jury, who I'm glad that he got. He got a good win. I mean, he looked good once he kind of, you know, once second round hit, he kind of got in. Started feeling himself. He looked good against, especially against Georgie Kirkian. Then you had Tim Johnson, or Timothy Johnson, defeating Matt Mitrione. Now, that's the fight that also had headbutt. But this one was, they're two big heavyweights, and Tim Johnson, he's going forward, he's going more or less for double leg. They clash heads, it messes, messes with Matt Mitrione's equilibrium, and then Tim Johnson just, he's like, I'm not missing this point. He just starts unloading. The ref really didn't see it, because at the end of the day, it's an accidental thing of he- accidental headbutt. But still, good win for Tim Johnson. And then the fight, I would definitely say, besides Valerado off of the Bellator card, I would definitely say Michael Chandler versus Benson Henderson, man. Dude, Chandler just... I mean, he put out the lights on Henderson. I mean, people will talk about Henderson's fight against RDA where he got launched and RDA took it. Like, Chandler put the lights out on Benson. And, I mean, he did it with a smooth left hand. He set him up, too. And, I mean, for people who know Chandler, man, like, if you've seen Michael Chandler fight, he is one guy who, at least for me personally, always a fun fighter to watch. Whether he wins or loses, he's always one of those guys that I feel like is... He's one of the best lightweights in the world. He just happens to be one of the best lightweights that's not in the UFC. Like, personally, if I really had... Like, I was talking to my brother about this. He was like, he he kind of... He really thinks that Michael Chandler could really take it to Khabib. And I'm like, personally, I still think it's Tony. But we also have Justin Gaethje. I mean, there's a fair amount of fights that could happen. Now, to kind of give preference before I go and talk about the... Fights, I'd say, off the uh, Olenek versus Lewis card. Definitely would say 
Chandler, if he if he ever goes to the UFC, it's a it's a that's a major win for them because he's been with Bellator since it started. Realistically, like it was him, Eddie Alvarez, Masvidal, Ben or Ben Askren. You had a lot of guys that were back in Bellator back in the day, even Ben Saunders. And I'm talking about not like oh, and I'm talking about like Bellator M- MTV2, Bellator on like really wasn't even getting US, you know wasn't even being played on the U.S. Like, literally, that's, like, the Bellator I'm talking about. Because that's how I saw Bellator was, like, you know, it was still in a tournament format before Scott Coker took over. And he's been, he's been fighting since then. He's just one of those guys, man. He's been... He's just that good. Definitely say that Valerado and Michael Chandler are the two fights I would definitely check up off of the Bellator card. Just because they're two great finishes, and one's a prospect who I think a lot more people should be paying attention to, and the other is a guy who's about to go to free agency and could potentially go to the UFC. So definitely, I suggest you guys, you know, keep your eye on it. He might not, but we don't know. Also, uh, another one, Corey Anderson, number four light heavyweight in the world, especially with the UFC. He actually just signed with Bellator. Now it's un- he apparently he did have a couple fights left, but I think the UFC might be making an exception for him to send him off just because he's. I think there might be a deal coming, but I don't know. It could be like what what happened with Benson, with uh, Demetrius Johnson and Ben Askren. It could definitely be like that, but I would definitely say, I don't know. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. But I'm actually happy for Corey Anderson. I think, to be honest, he may, that, that move makes sense. I think that, and this is just personal opinion. I'll talk a little bit more about it. More fighters need to explore free agency and see other companies. Because as much as I love the UFC, I also think that people forget there's other organizations that you can make a good amount of money at. You just have to know the organization. You have to just get your eye in there. Really just get yourself in there. Alright. So let's go Let's go for there. So I'm actually going to do six. Uh, there's a couple good fights. I would definitely say... Definitely if I had to pick a card I would have said to watch. I definitely would still said Olenek ver- or Lewis versus Olenek would definitely be the bigger MMA card to watch. Because there was a lot more finishes and you got to see a lot more bigger fights that I feel like a lot more people were more interested in. Alright. Definitely would say Andrew Sanchez versus Wellington Terman. Like, that KO was ridiculous. Kevin Holland versus uh, Joaquin Buckley. That was a good one. Dude, Buckley looked like... They compared him to Tyson, man, and he was ripping the body on Holland. Unfortunately, Holland kind of just... He he weighed through it. Definitely would say... Definitely would say check out Sanchez versus Wellington. Holland versus Joaquin Buckley. Definitely check out Benir Dariush versus Scott Holtzman. That... That was a... 
ridiculous fight, man. Like, personally, like, that might be, like, my... That's, like, my number two fight to, like, suggest behind Lewis and Olenek. Like, definitely, Darius got poked in the eyes twice within, like, two minutes. He was mad. He'd already missed weight. He was pissed at himself. And he went out there and just pretty much spinning fat fist slash, like, elbow. Pretty much straight forearm. Put out Holtzman. Crazy bad. So, definitely... Like, Darius, he, he wants some top 10 guys, man. I mean, unfortunately, he came in on the wrong side of when Alexander Hernandez came in. And Hernandez pretty much just flatlined him when Darius was, like, on a good streak. And pretty much Hernandez just goes, hey, by the way, front kick to the face. Let me finish you in, like, less than a minute and a half. And he's had to build himself up since then. Definitely after that. So, we've got Chandler... Lareda. Then we have Holland, Sanchez, Darius. Larry, I could. There's like seven fights I'd say watch. Darren Stewart is another guy. Definitely, if you're looking for another prospect guy, Darren Stewart, man, he is a guy that he's about to make a good run at middleweight. I mean, he's on a couple fight win streak. I mean, he has been, he's up there. I, I'm going to be interested to see where he's going to go. And the way he submitted Maki Pitolo, I mean, good on him, man. Now, I'm going to talk about the co-main. It's not, co-main's probably not the best fight I'd say to watch. But i definitely say it, it was a fight that, if you're a fan of Chris Weidman, then definitely, and you know his style, I definitely would say check it out. It's not the most exciting fight, but definitely I would say watch it. Chris Marvin did defeat Amari Akamedov last night, and I mean, he, he used his wrestling, he went back to the well, he did try to submit him, and Weidman looked, didn't look bad. I think he just... As crazy as it's going to sound, I think he just was like, I'm not going to risk it. Because every time he risks trying to stand up with somebody, he's been blasted. I mean, his last fight against Dominic Reyes, and even before that, when he was at middleweight last time, when he got blasted by Jacare, and Jacare didn't even want to blast him again. I mean, he he caught it bad. So, definitely... I don't know. May, I don't know. I don't think that I would have Wyman fight... Any of the top 10 guys. I think. And this is just me. Personally. I think that. I think if you're going to do it. Maybe give Weidman Marvin Vittori. I mean. I think it's a fight that kind of can play well. And make sense. For both of them. Because Marvin's looking for. To get a champion underneath his belt. To beat a former champ. He wants to face Adesanya again. So this, this is like one of the. Like I always do, usually I'll suggest a fight. So I would definitely say, I think Wyman versus Vittori wouldn't be a bad fight. So definitely throw that out there. For Omari Akhamedov, I would actually give him Darren Stewart. I think that is a good fight. Because it gives Omari a chance to really 
you know, re-solidify himself, get a get another. If he can beat Darren Stewart, gets him a win streak, gets him on there. And I think he needs that. Because in particular, just, you know, after kind of a lackluster performance between him and Wyman, though it was, you know, I give him props for what he did against Wyman, especially taking him down. Because Wyman's not an easy guy to take down. And for Wyman to control Amari, because Amari's not an easy guy to control either. They very much, it was, you know, wrestling standpoint, it was a, you know, if you really love the grappling, then yeah, that's your fight. But if you're looking for, like, action, stuff like that, it is not yours. So definitely those would be who I'd suggest for them. Now, Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olenek, man. Dude, Derek Lewis, man, he's one of those guys that I feel like he is in all intensive purposes. Like, he just kind of gets for Like, he comes in, does his what he wants. He's got some either he's got, like, the best win or he loses ridiculously. It's one or the other in certain ways. Like, he's one of those guys, like, I think everybody's always excited to see him fight. And definitely, I'm curious to see who he's going to fight next. I mean, he's one of the only guys that, at least recently, that was not afraid to, that, like, went to the ground with Olenek, and Olenek had problems trying to submit. Because Olenek couldn't really get a good grip, even when he was in the scarf choke area, when he was, really, Olenek was going for it. And Lewis just, like, beginning of the fight, like, when they, when Olenek tried to take him down, like, Lewis just chucked him. And just showed Lewis has got more power now. He looks good. And I feel like a lot of people have been, they've been sleeping on his conditioning, man. And last night, he just reminded everybody. Now, somebody did reference that... The same way Olenek was knocked out was the same way Walt Harris did it. And I'm not mad at that because, to me, it kind of makes sense. Like, he was did the same setup, like, flying knee to his power hand. And, I mean, when he hit Olenek last night, he put him down. For anybody who knows how, for anybody who's seen some of Derek Lewis's knockouts, man, like, when he hits you and he gives you that, that kill shot, you're out. Like, there's nothing... That you can do. I mean, he's literally only lost to, in all intents and purposes, the best strikers of the game. I mean, even though he did have a lackluster performing against Nganu, he has a win on Nganu. He's the only other guy that's not named Stipe to have that. And probably, unfortunately, it's, it's going to be tied to the most boring heavyweight fight of all time. Because neither of them did anything. So, that's kind of how that kind of goes for them. But, uh, yeah, I, honestly, I would probably do Blades versus Olenek. Or even just Thought Process. I mean, I think Blades... No, well, Blades already destroyed Olenek. Personally, I think Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades makes sense. I think that... Curtis Blades needs to honestly show he's a good showing. Everyone knows he's an amazing wrestler and he can destroy people. But unfortunately with those some of those fights, if he if unfortunately that's gone, he's had hit or miss. You know, when he took out uh 
I can't even remember his, his guy before Volkov. It was, uh, he was calling the guy Big Titty. And it was funny as anything. But Curtis Blades, I mean, he took it to him. Like, he literally manhandled the guy. And then with Volkov, he did something similar, but it wasn't as defining of a performance to get him a title shot. I think that, and this is just me, I think him versus Derek Lewis makes sense. If not, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis versus Rosenstrike, man. But Derek Lewis isn't going to be fighting until about December. He says he still wants to lose more weight. And, I mean, he looked good. At, even at 265, like, he looked slimmer. He didn't look as big. And he looked powerful, and he looked ready. So, I think that, you know, we got somebody that, you know, after him being one of the few guys that's not afraid, that was like, hey, I went to the ground with a link, the scariest dude you don't want to be on the ground with next to Verissi over Doom. You know, and he put it out there. And he survived. I mean, he literally muscled him, but he survived it better than a lot of others, man. Compared to, like, Maurice Green... Compared to a lot of other guys who've been, you know, Junior Albini, even Mark Hunt. There's a lot of dudes that have been tapped by him. So, Alex is one of those guys, man. So, I would definitely do Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades. Or Derek Lewis, ver or, uh, Derek Lewis versus Rosenstrike. Now for Olenek. Olenek's kind of in a weird spot. Where... You could kind of give him Arlovsky, or you could give him Walt Harris again. But it's going to be weird where you want to really put him at, at the end of the day. Because Olenek is one of those guys where he he's so good with his ground game, and he's able to get into the top ten very easily because he's kind of, in a lot of ways... Now that Verdum's not, we don't know for what Verdum's really going to do with the UFC. I think he's not going back because everything happened with USADA. But realistically, I mean, he's probably really one of the dangerous. Uh, and besides Verdum, like they're one, he's probably the only truly dangerous submission artist at heavyweight. Everybody else doesn't want it. So. It's it's gonna be an interesting time. So Olenek. I feel like Olenek's got some options. Maybe you give him the loser of JDS and Rosenstrike, because that fight's gonna happen this weekend. Or you give Olenek, you know, some young gun or just he just takes on somebody else. You know. Definitely Walt Harris would be a good one for a rematch, because technically he would want that match. He would probably want that rematch. But I also don't think the UFC wants to, especially with Walt Harris, you know, gaining the fame he did and everything like that. It's going to be interesting to see where they're going to play it out. I mean, maybe you give him uh Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm complete. Greg Hardy? Well, no, Greg Hardy, even in my opinion, he's, he's too green right now. So they're... I would hold off on Greg Hardy. So I'm going to say give him the loser of JDS and Rosenstrike. And then have the winner of Rosenstrike and JDS fight Lewis or Lewis fights Blades. One of those fights makes the most sense. Because they kind of needed one of them needs that win to get them that title shot. That's going to be right after Ngannou. Alright, so that's... 
the fights I would say. So Lewis Olenek, definitely, I would say, Stewart versus Piccolo, or, uh, Pitolo, Darius versus Holtzman, Holland versus Buckley, Sanchez versus Wellington, Henderson versus Chandler, and Laredo. Those seven fights would be the seven fights I would say to watch over this weekend for MMA. Like, if you were really looking at them, I would definitely say watch those fights. At least in my opinion. Now, in regards to where... So, I brought up the topic of, you know, free agency. And why I think that free agency, in a lot of ways, is like the best thing for fighters. You know, one, it's good because they get paid money. They can get paid really well. Like, particularly you guys, people don't know, you know, Demetrius Johnson going over to one championship was probably the best thing that ever happened to him. Because, one, he's getting paid. And he's getting to do stuff he likes to do. You know, he loves to game, and he's going to help out one championship's kind of gaming section, I guess is what I've heard. They really went, but unfortunately, one championship hasn't really rolled it out. But definitely, I think it just it's a different environment for Demetrius, and it made sense. Same thing with Eddie Alvarez. Same thing with Sage Northcutt, though. Sage Northcutt, in my opinion, probably, I mean, even to this day, got it the worst because he fought Cosmo Alexander. While Demetrius has, you know, he's fought, and I think Demetrius might be the bantamweight champ or the flyweight champ of one championship. Demetrius Johnson. Yes, I think he might be the flyweight champion of of one. Yeah. So he is the. Uh, besides being like the bantamweight champion, or the fo- the former UFC flyweight champion, he's also okay. So he is also the one championship flyweight Grand Prix champion. So he officially is their flyweight champ. And with them, he fights 135. Because that's technically their flyweight. Because they are up every 10 pounds. And I think... I don't think Eddie Alvarez has gone up against... Christian Lee for the lightweight yet. So... Or I don't know how they're going to handle their lightweight division. But I know... Eddie Alvarez, he, I mean, he had a... He got KO'd. And then he came back against Edward Fuyong. And he, he did pretty good. And, I mean, he ended up beating him. So, interesting in regards to that. Now, that's guys who went to the UFC and then went over to another organization. You know, and they're, they're in a lot of ways, a dime a dozen. You know, there's very few guys that, in a lot of ways, can translate their ability to actually go from being a champion from the UFC and being a champion in another organization. And vice versa. There's very few guys who can go from being a champion in one organization to being a champion in UFC. It's, in a lot of ways, it's hard because, and this is just kind of giving backstory. Best example, Alistair Overeem. Dude, in all intensive purposes, 
is probably the most decorated heavyweight of all time. From kickboxing to his multiple MMA heavyweight championship titles. I mean, dude's probably the most decorated heavyweight champ of all time. Has The only thing that eludes him is he's never gotten the UFC title. When he got his one chance for it, got knocked out. And, and I mean, he lost to Stipe, and it was kind of a... That was kind of been since then. He's been on and off wins and losses since then. You have a guy like Gilbert Melendez, who was the former Strike Force champion, came over to UFC, fought Benson Henderson in his first fight, and a fight that to me is a fight that I love to this day. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite fights of all time. It's in my top five. To a fight that you know Melendez, in my opinion, put on his best performance. A lot of people are like, oh, well, his performance against Diego Sanchez, that's so much better. It's a good performance, but I feel like his fight against Benson was better. And I clarify that because Benson's a better fighter compared to Diego. Diego, in a lot of ways, he's, you know, depending upon the Diego you fought, you, you kind of got the guy that would either was the brawler or you got a guy that was going to just get destroyed. It was kind of one or the other, unfortunately. He was just one of those guys that, I mean, he... I don't know, it's, it's, I can talk about Diego Sanchez and all the craziness that goes on with him, but it's, that's a whole another kettle of beans for him, man. But, mm, I don't even want to go into it, but, personally, it was just one of those, man, but I thoroughly believe Ben Sanderson versus Gilbert Melendez was just the better fight comparison. Then you compare that to, and compare Benson Henderson going over to Bellator, for all his chances at a Bellator lightweight title, they've been blocked by Chandler. In all intents and purposes. You know, <laughs> they've been blocked by the Pitbull brothers. Or been blocked by, I think, the younger Pitbull brother. Because the youngest Pitbull brother just knocked out, who I think it's Patricio Pitbull, is the one that knocked out Chandler. He did it decisively. And then Chandler went back and just knocked out Henderson in his comeback fight after all that time. So, I mean, you've got... Interesting, but I think Chandler... I'm going to be curious to see what's going to happen. But Benson, he hasn't even been able to get a lightweight title. He fought for the welterweight against frickin', uh Oh my god, I'm forgetting the guy. But it was a fight that was just complete... Andre Korshkov. And Korshkov literally just was like, you don't need to be in this octagon with me. Like, you don't need to be in this cage with me. I'm bigger than you in every sense of the word. And he was. And, like, Benson survived, but he lost horribly. And since then, he's just kind of been one of those guys where he's alternated to. And I want to see him get the Bellator title, which hopefully he'll get it soon. But unfortunately, with this knockout, it's going to be interesting to see where it's going to go from there but it's an example of a guy who was a UFC lightweight champion goes to another organization and he just didn't really get it 
He unfortunately ran across the best competition, and the best competition studied him well, and then they managed to beat him. It's kind of how it goes, unfortunately. Now, you compare that to a guy like Eddie Alvarez, who realistically, in every organization he's ever gone to, he's won their championship. And he's a guy that, he's been the ringleader and probably the main proponent for the concept of know your worth, go to different organizations. Because at the end of the day, if you know your worth and you're able to go to different organizations, you're going to make the most money. You know what you can do. And Eddie's one of those guys, man. Like, he he got a good deal. And he went. And, I mean, he's, in my opinion, on the cusp of probably getting the shot at one championship's lightweight championship. Then he's literally the only guy that's ever held a title in, I think, Elite XC, UFC. I think he had it in Strike Force. Let me look up how many titles that Eddie Alvarez has held real quick. Because he's got UFC, Bellator. Because, uh, I mean, he's been a champion. No, he's only guy that's ever won both UFC and Bell, Belter, or Bellator titles. Only guy. And, I mean, that's, I mean, that's an accomplishment that not a lot of guys can even say that they've been able to do. Oh, da, 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 da. let's see. Yep, he got he had uh Bodog, MFC, Reality. Da, 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 da. I mean he's he's won titles, man. And he's also just a guy that he goes to fight, man. There's a reason why they call him the Underground King. But to get back to why more fighters should really explore other organizations, just to kind of, so because I'm just giving examples of guys who've done it and not been successful, and there's guys who've done it and have been, it works out perfectly for them. Another great example, Dan Henderson. Cannot win a UFC title for his life, went to Strike Force, won the Strike Force Light Heavyweight Championship. Though he lost to Jake Seals for the middleweight, Came back and just started annihilating everybody, and then to put the cherry on top of his, you or his strike force light heavyweight run, goes in and knocks out Fedor Emelianenko, the greatest heavyweight of all time that everyone will go out there and call the goat, and put a put a nail in it. You know, you had where Bigfoot slammed his hands on him, and then pretty much Fedor went out, and you had Verdum who submitted Fedor. But Hendo put him out. Like, nobody else put out Fedor the way Hendo did. But those are just examples of guys and just how, you know, unfortunately, going to other organizations, you know, you can be the best that you run across. Even Ben Askren's a perfect example of it. Ben Askren won the Bellator welterweight title. He held it for the longest because no one could beat him. Won the one championship. Goes to UFC, he was on the cusp of the title shot if he beat Masvidal. But, got blitz, got flying knee, got put out, and then went against Maya, and then, since then, he's retired, excuse me. So, examples, man, shows you, organizations, man, they are, even if you're going from the supposed bottom feeder to freeing the top, 
organizations down to a, bo to a supposed bottom feeder organizations, man, you're getting competition regardless. So people just need to kind of respect a lot. So, in regards to it, definitely, if you're a fighter out there, if you're a guy, if you're curious, if you're just somebody just looking to try and understand, like, why would another fighter want to leave UFC? Why would another fighter want to go someplace else with not the hype and popularity of the UFC? Because in realistic terms, the UFC gets a lot of publicity here, but doesn't always translate to they're getting paid the most money. Like any organization, the UFC's gonna, you know, they're gonna pay guys well that bring the fights. That they know, like, hey, this guy's gonna bring a fight every time. He's earned it, and if his manager gets him that right contract, he's gonna get paid. But for the most part, you have to really and truly know your worth and understand it. And not a lot of fighters can really and truly put that out there. You know? Unfortunately, you have some MMA managers who don't know what they're doing. You also have sometimes where the fighter's like, hey, I think I know what I'm doing, and then gets short, shorthanded and not doesn't get the money they deserve. And it's just unfortunately how it's going to go. But, I mean, it's like anything else. You have to kind of understand it. I mean, and you got to know how to negotiate it. I mean, Eddie Alvarez is a perfect example, and he tells people all the time, he's like, dude, if you're going to free agency, hit me up. Let me know. I'll give you advice. And I think more fighters need to understand that. I mean, I talked about it with uh, Paige Van Zandt. You know, she talked about one to, you know, see who's going to pay her the most when she gets done with, when she wrote out her UFC contract. Because she wanted to go someplace else. And I think in a lot of ways she wanted to go to Bellator. I think she was kind of, unfortunately she was in a spot where she... She needed to get development somewhere else. And the UFC was not going to make it easier for her to go out on a win. Because in my opinion, that's the UFC's job. They're not supposed to give you the easiest fight. Because if they give you the easiest fight so you can win, you can negotiate better. You're supposed to prove, hey, you're fighting the best in the world at any given time. You know, and no one's going to complain about that. I mean, Adi Alvarez, his last fight on his contract was against Dustin Poirier. And a fight that he had won by DQ, and that got, you know, he was disqualified for because of just the illegal knee that he got hit with. Poirier was like, nope, I'm not doing that. And then went in and just destroyed him. Because he wanted to send a message. But ultimately, it shows you, you know, the risk you take. You know, you really have to have a lot of faith in yourself and understand, you know, how good you really are to risk certain fights. And there's, it's a 50-50 every time. Now, I think the rumor is, I think that Paige is going to bare-knuckle fighting or something like that. I mean, that's good for her if she does. I'm, I'm more surprised she didn't go to Bellator, but then again, she might have not gotten a good deal. I don't know. At this point, there's... So much stuff out there. But definitely... In regards to, you know, really just understanding different organizations... Don't crap on the other ones, man. Just like when I talked about Ryzen... Ryzen's got some good fighters. And they produced them. And I mean, the guy that went over and just destroyed Ustamir... Was the light heavyweight champ from Ryzen. 
It's not an organization you want to sleep on. Same thing with Bellator, same thing with PFL, same thing with One. All these, you know, fighters come from these other organizations, they're not ones you want to sleep on. And especially if you're a fighter coming from the UFC out to another organization, you don't want to just be cocky because you made it to the UFC. A lot of those guys fighting for championships and being in these organizations for a long time, they've shown, like, they've done the work. And there's a reason why they're there. And they're the best outside the organization. And they could be top 10 easy in the organization. Like, for example, if Michael Chandler took a contract with UFC and was like, hey, I this is how much you guys should pay me. UFC goes, okay, let's write the check. Signed him. And was like, yo, it's go. It, it's go time. And just start and just gave him, let's say... You know, Poirier for his first fight. Or even, Mc- I don't think they'd ever give him McGregor. Poirier or Tony. I mean, people can't tell me they would not be, ch- be chomping at the bit to see what Chandler is, man. How good Chandler would be for UFC. He'd make them money. And Chandler knows he can pull that in. And he's going to bet, and he bet it on himself. Now, going against guys like Poirier or going against Tony is not... As easy as it sounds, but at the end of the day, that's his hope. So, realistically, man, when you go to these other organizations, whether you're coming from an outside to join the UFC or you're going for the UFC out to another one, doesn't matter where you go, you gotta always be ready, man, because there's people coming for your name and they want your name on their record. You know, you can make a lot of arguments for guys that have lost to certain fighters who come over there like, oh, hey, I'm writing my name. This way I can get some good fights. I can get a championship. And they don't always live up to it, man. I'm like, I love Rampage. He wanted to be Bellator's light heavyweight champion. Didn't work out. And same thing with King Mo Lawal. And same thing with, you know, a lot of guys. You know, Kendall Grove. There's a lot of guys who went to Bellator in hopes to get the restart. Didn't send them out. And it just didn't work. Now you got And, I mean, other sex stories that come out of it. Ryan Bader. I mean, he lost to John Jones. He, he actually went out on a win, I believe. From the UC to go join Bellator. And, I mean, he, since going to Bellator, he's now a two-division champion. Light heavyweight and heavyweight. And he knocked out Fedor pretty bad too. So realistically, man, it shows you the level of skill some of these guys are. You just have to really be willing to develop, show how good of a mixed martial artist you can be. In a lot of ways, it's just simple as that. But uh, yeah, let me close this out. So with that being said... Hopefully you guys, you know, took a little bit from it. Hopefully you guys kind of took the concept of, you know, don't sleep on these other organizations. Constantly be, you know, watching them. And at the end of the day, you know, whether you're a fighter, whether you're somebody who's, you know, trying to make the best move for themselves financially, anything like that, think about that. At the end of the day, what do you bring to that organization? What do you bring to this business? And you can translate anywhere. And how do you market yourself well towards getting paid more? Because at the end of the day, simp- as stupid as it's going to sound, 
businesses want you to market yourself to them. You got to convince them that you're the best guy. In a lot of ways, it's just as well as it is for when I go in for a job interview or if I got an interview for a job I want. Same thing for fighters. You've got to pretty much contract negotiate. you got to do a lot of stuff. And realistically, sometimes it doesn't work out for the best. Other times it works out amazing. But at the end of the day, you have to control your own destiny. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, you have a great night. Later.